Hello, everybody. My name is Chris McDaniel, and this is the Trinity Podcast. Welcome. We are in Holy Week, and I believe this podcast will have been posted on a Wednesday, just before we get to Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Resurrection Sunday. So I'm going to read a passage, actually, that we looked at right as we were entering uh, the Lenten season. This is uh, the Mountain of Transfiguration. So if you uh, are a part of Trinity, our church, um, or maybe you go to another uh, Anglican or liturgical church, you know that on the Sunday before Lent uh, is Transfiguration Sunday. And so every year at our church, for instance, we read the account of the Transfiguration on the mountain. Um, And the reason for that is that you enter into the wilderness darkness with a clear picture of who Jesus really is. And so we're going to read here about who he really is. And um, it's fitting that the lectionary brings us back to this text uh, during Holy Week right before the cross. So again, we, we read of Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration before we enter into the deep darkness of betrayal and death. So I'm going to read and then we're going to pray, and then we're just going to sit with the same themes that we were sitting with about seven weeks ago. Verse 1 of Mark 9, And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us here during this Holy Week. God, Lent has been an extended season, and now we're about to enter the darkest days of Lent. We're about to contemplate the betrayal, the death, and the burial of Jesus. And I pray that you would help us here to see you, Jesus, with as clear a vision as we can before we enter into the deep darkness that is the remainder of Holy Week. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love this, and it's one of the reasons why I love being an Anglican. The the beauty and the intelligence of the framers of the lectionary to put um, here, before the darkest days of the church year, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, before Easter, to put the transcendent transfiguration back in front of our eyes. It's it's meant to, to burn into your heart. And I just want to say to you that when you walk into seasons of darkness, um, Jesus wants you to see him for who he really is. And so today, if you are out there uh, listening to this podcast and you're experiencing darkness, maybe a relationship has gone gone sideways or or your job uh, or maybe something in your in your health or maybe you're you're having a faith crisis maybe there's some some struggle with sin or addiction i i just want today you to see jesus for who he really is because he he sees you and he loves you and this picture is a, a really powerful one so the disciples are about to experience their own disorientation um they're going to have to figure lots of stuff out. The cross was was not something they were looking forward to. They weren't even really anticipating it, and yet 
it was going to happen and they were going to have to figure out how they were going to engage it. So Jesus, wanting them to see them for who he really is, he takes three of his closest, James and, and John and Peter, up on a mountain. And the text says in typical uh, Markian bre- brevity, Jesus is transfigured before them. Um, the word means changed. Um, we're, we're told that brief qualifier that his, his clothes and his face become dazzling white. Um, this is not Jesus amping up. This is Jesus pulling the curtain back so that his friends who are going to endure a lot of uncertainty and difficulty so that his friends would actually be able to see who it is that they've been dealing with all along. And I think that the same offer is here for us in a text like this. And in occasional moments of transcendence in your life with God, where you have experiences of God in worship or prayer or um, those kind of catch you off guard moments, Jesus wants you to see who he always is. We don't always see who Jesus is, but this is who he really is. Oftentimes we, like James, John, and Peter, may have a kind of ho-hum routine relationship with Jesus. And yet on that mountain of transfiguration, they see the curtain pulled back and they are able to see with clear vision that this is the person that they have been eating meals with, sleeping under the stars with, walking along dusty roads with. This is who Jesus is. And I believe that we're meant to catch a similar vision. The story takes a really strange turn. Elijah and Moses appear I said this a couple of weeks ago at Trinity, a couple of months ago. Um, I, I think they were actually really on that mountain. Um, scholars have said, you know, Moses represents the law and Elijah, the, the prophetic tradition. And I, I think that's true, but I also think they were there. Uh, God, God's able to pull off some pretty cool stuff. And in this moment, James, John, and Peter are able to see two of the most significant figures in Judaism conversing with Jesus on on top of a mountain. And the thing that strikes me about this is, well, two things, one on Jesus's side and, and the other on, on ours as humans. On Jesus' side, he, he's not alone. Um, he is the whole of the Jewish tradition standing with him. He, he's in community. Um, we actually at Trinity, following the lectionary, read from Luke's gospel uh, on the Sunday before Lent began. And there we're told that Jesus and Moses and Elijah were speaking about uh, the departure or, um, to borrow another word from the Old Testament, the exodus. Um, that, that gives us some context, at least Luke does, as to what they're talking about. And I, I really love that idea. Jesus is not alone and he is speaking about a new exodus. But Peter specifically wants to build structures to prolong this moment of clarity. Peter, like you and me, is having one of those rare moments of clarity, and he just wants it to last. And so he says to Jesus, you know, it's really good that we're here. I want to build some some little huts, some tents, so that we can just keep this going. And I just, I'm, I'm so like that. I, I so want clarity to last. And we're about to to enter into a, a time of the church year where nothing seems clear. On Thursday after the, the Last Supper, Jesus is betrayed, and then he's murdered, and then he's buried, and everything seems lost. And Peter, 
before all that happens, just wants to stay clear in his vision and in his heart. And in that sense, he's just like us. He's, he's just a guy trying to hold on to clarity. But what Jesus was thinking about on that mountain, what, what he was conversing about, what he was talking about with Moses and Elijah was this exodus. Now, if Moses led the first exodus, if, if he led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, then Jesus is going to lead a new kind of exodus, this time not out of a nation state, not out of physical captivity, but an exodus from spiritual bondage, an exodus from addiction and brokenness and sin holding sway over the people of God. Jesus is going to make a way for you to be free. The coming dark days in Jesus' life are how he makes us free. See, resurrection doesn't mean anything without death. Resurrection can only mean anything after death. And that's where our attention's going to turn on Sunday. But for now, we sit in the darkness and we say, God, what does it mean for you to make me free? And how does Jesus going to death and, and going through betrayal and inviting you and me to follow him down dark roads, how does that lead us to freedom? Well, it leads us to freedom the same way that the Jews were led to freedom behind Moses. They were led out by the supernatural hand of God, but they were followed by an enemy. And they were confronted with an obstacle, the Red Sea, and God made a way. See, the Exodus, the, the first time around, was all about God making a way, God setting his people free. Now, if you know that story, and I'm sure you do, freedom wasn't easy. The, the Jews grumbled so many times. They, they weren't cut out for freedom. They were more conditioned to slavery than they were freedom. And there were times, not even a month after they were set free, where they all wanted to go back to Egypt because they said, you know, <laughs> we had a bed and three square meals like it wasn't so bad and so i just want to say to you that when jesus leads you into freedom it's not always easy actually rarely is it easy but freedom's better than bondage freedom is better than slavery every time and i believe that what the lord has been wanting to do in us during this lenten season is to help us to name the places where we're less than free to repent our, of our sins. And, and I just want to say for you, as you're listening to this during Holy Week, this is a week for you to turn that repentance up a notch, to really um, put your heart before God and ask him for forgiveness, for grace, for mercy, for his kindness to help you walk free of sin. Because where we're about to turn our attention in the Easter season is to life. We're about to actually begin to look at life and say, what does it mean, God, for me to be fully alive, fully engaged in life? And that's my prayer for you. That, that's I, I, Actually, that's Jesus's prayer for us, that we would be those who follow him into life, that have and experience our own exodus looking at Jesus. Father, I pray for my friends here during this Holy Week. I pray that you would give us the grace to say yes to you and say no to sin. God, I pray that we would look at you, Jesus, and see you for who you are. I pray that this week you would give us the grace to make the most of this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday. God, so that Easter would mean something for us. God, bless us, we pray. Jesus, thank you 
for the clarity on the mountain, and thank you for the beauty and the pain of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.